Welcome to Guidos Bros, where we ask better questions. Because having the answers is just not good enough. All right, welcome to Guidos Bros. I'm Jason. I'm the brother. And I'm Jeremiah. I'm the other brother. Look at that. We had an intro today. <laughs> Miracle one for today. All right. We, uh, what are we going to talk about today? We were, we were just chatting about this. Um, we're, we're thinking about the use of the word evil. Uh, this is, this is stemming from a, a little bit. So not too long ago in my, my podcast, the other podcast that I do, uh, I was, I, I used the word evil and it drew a lot of attention, mostly not great attention. And I'm not even one typically who says, you know, good or evil very much. I'm not about good and bad. I'm a, I tend to go with healthy, unhealthy, but because it drew so much attention, I guess my initial question is why in the world does the use of the word evil draw so much attention? Well, I think it's because people innately know maybe what, what the term evil represents. And it, it is a, it is a negative word. Uh, it's very negative. to the word evil it's uh i don't know if this happened but in the recording uh, you just went blank for like five seconds here so restate that yeah just restate while i was talking okay yeah Yeah. i was just saying i think it's because people have an innate understanding of what the word evil means even if they can't formally define it so they 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 have a a visceral reaction to either being called evil or having something represented as evil um, because they know that it's, that it has a, a, a wickedness to it. That is, that is on purpose. Evil, like you're not evil on accident. It, it and they know that I think, but, but maybe that's, maybe that's like the next question is, is do people have an instinctive, reaction to the word evil because they know that you cannot accidentally be evil. I wonder. Okay. Maybe. So what? Um, okay. Well, that that's going to open up Pandora's box, but let's, let's go there. I'm, I'm kind of curious where this is going to head. So since reading the Chronicles of Narnia, when I was younger, the, the Chronicles of Narnia are based uh, very much on biblical principles. Yeah. It's actually a retelling of the the story of Christ just with a lot of fantastical pieces. And I started watching as this happened in my life, anytime you retell the story of Christ, even in a uh, a way that is uh, you know not not direct at all. So like the Chronicles of Narnia, that's not a direct retelling of the story of Christ, mm-hmm. but it it has that 
that mirroring effect, right? It's It's got that same plot and the same you know results and all this stuff, right? And every time that I've seen that, now this is, you know, this is obviously not research-based, but every time that I've seen that plot play out and say like a movie or a book, it does really, really well. And I was thinking that, you know, along the way that possibly, here's, here's a, a hypothetical, possibly our system is set up to, to pick up on the the reality of spirituality not not the the fantastical but the 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 base fundamental story that is biblical that is of of christ well if that's the case it, it, which is an if right like i'm making mm-hmm. i'm making kind of a, a well a, a massive leap there because i i would you know, i don't know if it's true or not i haven't done the research uh, but if that's true, then why wouldn't our radar also be able to pick up the anti-story? You know, the evil. Oh. Well, why wouldn't it? Yeah, why wouldn't it? Like, w- wouldn't our radar be able to do, wouldn't it inherently be designed to do both then? If it's designed to do one, then the other would probably set off the alarm too. Okay. So, well, okay. So then I guess I would ask what, what is, what is the opposite of evil? Mm-hmm. Uh, from my vantage point? Well, okay. That, or just in general, what you've, what you think the collective might agree to be the opposite of evil, because usually we say good and evil, but is good the opposite of evil? I don't think so. I think evil by definition is about hate. It's about, uh, it, it's separation. It's, it's he, where good would be about love and about unity. Well, okay. Those, but those are opposites. If hate and love, are opposites, then good and evil would be. So you pull up a source, I'll pull up a source. Dude, you just went blank again. What what did you say? Pull up what source. What the heck? Your internet, I I think, is off. Is it? Like, I think it's not functioning perfectly, but it's all right. Okay. Sorry. I was saying, let's, let's look at the definition of evil let's just pull up two different sources and see what we see what we find here um all right so do you want to go with uh the oxford definition okay you take oxford i'll take uh what is this stanford cambridge there's three sources here let me just pull these up oh that's a huge paper i don't need that Okay. Here. So uh, while you're while you're pulling up the next one here, I'm yeah, gonna you go. The Oxford. Oxford says as an adjective, it's profoundly immoral and wicked. So it's got to be uh, above and beyond. That makes it relatively uh, subjective instead of objective. That's interesting. The noun says profound again, immorality and wickedness, especially when regarded as supernatural force. 
So it's highlighting there the possibility of, uh, you know, it being outside of the natural world. Um, I think that's interesting that Oxford would acknowledge that there might be something in a supernatural world, but hey, I'm going to go with it. Yeah. All right. So let's see here. This is what Cambridge says, says morally bad, cruel, or very unpleasant. That's a little soft on that one. Very unpleasant. I mean, can a smell be evil? I mean, it's very unpleasant, so sure. I mean, according to this, I guess you could just replace it, but it looks like their commonality in these two is uh, the moral part of it, morally bad. So it's something that is, well, that's weird. Okay, next question. Yeah. Ready? (laughs) So is evil, does evil contain morals that are bad or are they void of morals and that makes them bad? That's interesting that you say that because I just went to Wikipedia, which is not my favorite site because they slant a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, they do. But in the very first uh, first line, it says evil in a general sense is defined as the opposite or absence of good. So, okay. yeah. I hate definitions that define things by what they're not. I hate it. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. Okay. Okay. But play that out for a second. Like, go ahead. And, and let's say there is good. So you would have the light. The light, when it enters a space, it, it, it fills the space. If you have a dark room, all you have to do is open a window and it's not dark anymore. So sometimes the void is important to to consider. Oh, it, yes, sort of. Or you're talking just my hatred of the defining things by what they're not. Yeah, go for it. I, want I just no, no, no. It's fine. I just, I don't, I just don't like it. It's because it forces you to have to understand something else in order to try to understand that. And when you do it by its negative, it makes it, it makes it only understood by understanding something other than what you're trying to define. Yeah. And that drives me, that drives me nuts because I don't, I want to understand the thing that is. So you could say that darkness is the absence of light, which is right. But darkness just means there's nothing there to, to bring light. So you don't say, well, here's light. And then darkness is just without that. Ooh, I I don't know, dude, if I would say it that way. You're the physicist guy. But what I would say, if you look at darkness, it's something that is designed to block out the light. The light is everywhere by default until something blocks it out. For instance, the sun goes down and it gets dark, right? Mm-hmm. That's because the earth is blocking the light. True. So by design, if you were going to take out love, let's say, something is blocking the love. If you were to equate love with light or lightness, then you could define it that way. 
Um, but you could also say that darkness just is, and when illuminated, becomes light. Right? Because without light, there's just darkness. And then once you bring light, you now have visibility. Sure. So, so you see how like you, each one could be defined by its opposite. Yeah. So, okay. So wh- where are we going with this? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, go back to the original question. The original question was, why do people have this visceral reaction or it was something along these lines to the use of the word yeah. evil? Okay. So, all right. So let's see if we can equate these two in a way. So is, is evil evil? And then is evil evil because it's without love or is, so it is, is love blocking the evil or is it that evil is the absence of love? It's well, from my vantage point, I'd probably say it's blocking love because by natural design, when I look at the human, the like, when I look at sociology and psychology and culture and stuff like that, the natural design is the desire to connect. Something has to step in and say, yeah, but we're only going to connect if it benefits me. So, okay. So, so, so something is blocking the love. So then is love the natural state and evil, the unnatural state yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. Because like, here, let me play it out for you. In social science, we, we look at these things. Uh, you know, you, you take a person, you put him on an island. There's nobody else there. Mm-hmm. They begin to die. So we know that the connection is critical. Now, no, you would say that, well, it's because they're on an island. No, like you put, you lock somebody in a closet, they begin to die. Like people need connection. It's a, it's a requirement. Without that, they begin to die. There's, there's many, many studies that have verified this. Okay. Okay. So if you took a person, you put them on an island and they were all alone, they would seek a connection because they need a connection. If they found another person on the island, just one more person on the island, it would, they wouldn't immediately, I mean, they might be scared, but they wouldn't immediately try to kill them. They would immediately try to connect with them safely. Okay. That's by design. So do you connect with things because of love or hate? Yeah. Okay. This one is, this one's going weird places in my brain because I, I hear what you're saying. And, and, and then two things kind of popped in my head. One is that the natural state of things, of the universe, of whatever we know about science is that entropy is real. So, so chaos is natural order is not 
And I think of love as order and evil as chaos. That's kind of how I think of it. So when you were talking, okay, I was so go back, go back and explain why, why chaos is natural, but order is not. Because order requires structure and fundamental building blocks to become, to become ordered and set like a, um, a thing that I, I did in my classes. I dropped a bunch of popsicle sticks over and over again. And I said, one of these times it's going to build a house and it never builds a house, right? Like cells break down. We, uh, things decay, things go naturally to, they go from order to disorder. That's how it works. So you create order and then it goes to disorder. And so that's why I say chaos is, is natural. Um, slow down right there. I don't think you can say that with what? Because I would, I would guess that every experiment, like dropping the sticks and to try to build a house, mm-hmm. takes the human out of the equation. No, I agree, but that's why I was sticking just purely scientific. I was saying that, like we, we get put together. In- you just went blank again, dude. Your internet is lacking. <laughs> okay. Where did I go blank? We put things together. Your hands were like this. Oh, I just got an alert that, well, I got an alert that said, Jeremiah, your internet is unstable. Um, My internet is not unstable. It popped up on this thing. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. So, so I said, you put together, th- you put things together. So as humans, you're hundred percent correct. We, we have the ability to create order out of chaos. We do. And so the very, the simple example is we are, we are created in a womb, right? We are born and we are put together or before we're born, we are put together and those cells are added and divide and they're created. And that uh, is not chaos. That is not chaos. That's creating order. So we have the ability to do it as humans or as animals, as people, as plants and other things. So they're in life. You can create order or order can be created, but then well, life. Life does what? Okay. Let me just pause there. If in life order is created, then in order to find chaos, what do you have to take away? You would have to take away life. Well, true. Yeah. But. So when we say the word evil, are you saying it's life taking? Not life giving? And I mean, in a sense, maybe it's right. I mean, we're still trying to work through the part where what is, do we define one by the other? Right. Like that's, it's kind of where we're, we're going yeah, yeah. with. And so that's why, that's why I just, I tried to get as fundamental as I could and try to yeah. understand it from its basic from chaos theory and, and entropy and, and and knowing that things eventually break down. So even in life, there's death. So it is. I don't know where I'm going with that now. I kind of, I kind of lost that one, but kind of stalled out here. Let me, let me ask you a question and see what you can get. Like, when, when we started this conversation of evil, like we we went down a bunch of little rabbit holes here. Sure. Yeah. 
my 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 question that I have now is maybe our conversation here is exactly why people have a visceral reaction because it forces people to admit that there is a design for life. It forces people to admit that we are capable and often even willing to go against our design. I I mean, in the most basic sense, it could be like, you know, we by design are made to consume food, but it doesn't have to be good food. It doesn't have to be healthy food. It could be really crappy food and it could kill us, but we could still consume it. It it forces us to admit that we are capable of choosing something that is going to be good and healthy or right, for lack of better words, I'm trying to come up with them, versus there's the other side of the spectrum. Whereas it's way more comfortable to sit and say, well, if I don't acknowledge that evil exists, then everything that I assess is based on some form of, uh, you know, what is, I don't know, selfish. And that's way more comfortable. It's like, well, I, I, I really want that. So I'm just going to have that. And since there is no good and evil or, you know, however we want to word it, it's just easier to just say, therefore I should have it because I want it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me, wait, how about, how about this one? What if, what if the reason people have that reaction to the word evil is because in both definitions and the third one that I looked at both have the word morals in it. And that is people today, uh, a lot of people, they don't want to have morals. And so when you call someone evil, it forces them into a moral bucket that they don't agree with. And since they don't want to be seen as immoral, they, they react that way. They're like, no, 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 no. You don't put morals on me. I don't want those. So you can't call me evil or say that that person is evil because now you're, you're projecting morals onto them. Right. And maybe they don't want, they don't want to have that standard. So maybe the real question, uh, at least for now is, is if evil is morally based and people don't want to be burdened by morals, then, then I wonder if that's why there's that reaction to it because someone, someone like us who like, we have a, a moral foundation built on values and principles where we, we can identify, I'd say with like 90 to 95% um, similarity um, where those are kind of based or where they stem from. Right. And so when you, if you were to say that was an evil decision or, or that was an evil thing that you just did right there, we could look back 
and find exactly where that came from and probably agree with the person, even if we don't like ourselves in that moment that we made that evil decision, we can at least find where foundationally that stemmed from. But someone that maybe doesn't have that, they, they don't want that burden. They just want to do because doing is fun or doing is something else to them. And so that but they so just you, have the right. <laughs> That's right. And so you Dude, you just went blank again. This is going to be fun to listen to in the in the rearview mirror cuz Sorry. What did I Yeah, sorry. What what did talking. Yeah, I don't know. You said you. We'll have to go back and listen. I don't Well, know. okay. I I I said by calling by calling someone evil or or making a statement that they did something evil, you just burden them with a hundred and twenty pound pack of morals that they don't want. Okay, so let me ask the question. Maybe the better question would be: Is morality a burden? Yes, I think that's an answerable question because I think it it is a burden, and it's a burden that is based on on responsibility. And, and having a system of values that you can depend on that can structure your life. So I think that one is a little more answerable than some of the ones we ask because I don't, I don't know that that's, I mean, maybe I, I just say that only because it's, it's something that you have to hold yourself accountable to and a, and a moral structure is, is a healthy burden. It's, it's something that you should be willing to carry. It's, it's why people recycle. <laughs> Nobody wants to recycle. Nobody on this planet wants to recycle, but it's a burden that feels right that they hold themselves accountable to. When they see a recycle bin and a trash bin next to each other and they have a plastic bottle, they drop it in the recycle. That's a burden, right? It might not be morally based, but it, it's just still a burden. Yeah, I mean, you could argue. I, I get that argument. You could also argue that it's it's a freedom, not a burden. But isn't freedom, by definition, also a burden of responsibility? Because freedom itself is lame. Well, for, it's the ability to choose. It's like when I when I think about in you know what's going on in our our country right now. Uh, I could call it a, a a burden, or I could call it freedom. You know, the, the, there's a lot of stuff happening that we could say is is a burden, but we have the choice, man. Like at the end of the day, uh, somebody who thinks our military sucks can say our military sucks. I disagree, but they can say it. That's that's why you know, there's you know, people out there fighting for us right now. Mm -hmm. So that we can say stupid things freely. Right. Yes. But that freedom comes within a structure, within a constitutional structure. And so what you're saying is exactly right. A hundred percent. I agree, but it comes within a structure. There's a, there's a framework. Jordan Peterson talks about this all the time. Freedom, pure freedom is useless. Freedom with a structure is useful. And what that means is if I say, I forget how he phrased it, but there was something to the effect of, Hey, let's play a game. Okay. Do you want to play? We'll play it right now. I say, you go first. Now go. 
It's your turn. I'll play after you. Awesome. I love this. Because then I get to pick the structure. Well, that's the point. You have to build the structure to play the game. You can't just play, right? Because if you say, okay, I just went and I say, okay, I win. So because you, your move lost, you'll say, well, wait, how do you, I just built the structure. I just decided that what you just did caused me to win. I had to build the structure in order to win the game. You have to have that. And that's, that's why pure freedom is pointless. So yeah, it's, it's the, it's the same concept that I, I got from uh, a, a professor at George Fox. He said, he used to say to us, theory without application, without technique is useless, but technique without theory is reckless. Yeah. It's, you need them both. You right. got to have the structure in order to have the freedom. Correct. Yes. So, but, but if you have structure, it doesn't necessarily mean freedom. Oh, no. Yeah. By no means. No, the freedom has to be built within that structure. Um, and some of it is, uh, cultural, some of it's social, cultural mix. Um, you know, and it, it can differ from place to place, obviously. Um, but it, it comes within that. It's like we play baseball and we love baseball. Um, but we like baseball because of the rules. We like it because there's foul lines. We like it because you, you know, you can't just walk on two pitches. You have to get four balls in order to walk, right? It's like that, it's that freedom to do what you can within that found, uh, within that structure and those, those rules. Um, but I guess bringing it back to, I guess, evil versus good, whether they're the opposite or not. Um, it, it seems like, it seems like if, if you don't, if you, if you accept the part, the fact that evil has a, a moral standard and that if you accept those rules that it does, then you're, you're living within the structure and then, and then rightfully using the term evil. But if you don't like the structure, if you disagree with that and you don't want to be burdened by those morals, then you disagree with the premise of the word evil because that's a burden you have to carry and you don't agree with those rules. So, great. Does that mean that one is blocking the other? Remember the conversation about, you know, does, is, is the, is dark the, the blocking of the light or is light blocking the dark? Okay. So here's, here's my gut reaction to that one. I think living without morals is letting, is letting the light in and flood too much. Whereas living with the morals is. Dude, you just went blank again. This is an epic failure today. So my, this might not work. That's okay. Uh, what did, did I, did, you were, you talked about the light and then you were going to talk about the dark. Well, I said that literally I, right in the middle. Yeah. So what I think I was saying is that if you, if you, I think maybe living without morals is like letting too much of the light in and that living with the morals is learning how to live within the darkness and accepting the part where evil is real. Evil is 
is morally based and that people can be evil. And you're learning how to live within the confines of the darkness. Whereas maybe, and so this might be the opposite or counterintuitive. This is just the way I'm seeing it right now. Um, whereas if you live without morals, you're just, you're just letting the light flood everywhere and you don't care. You're just like, whatever, everything's good. Everything's whatever. And so you just do what you want. And, and since you're not morally obligated, then you, uh, you don't live by those rules. Whereas morally based people can live within those confines because you, you live within the unknowns. Right. And that's what so we have this- to do. This is, this is awesome. And what I heard you just say is that we are the friction point. We are the yin and the yang. If let's say like hypothetically, um, there is an evil and a God, right? There's a, yeah. and a devil and a God. And we right now would be literally smack in the middle exposed to both as they you know they have their spiritual battle going on okay because that's how you would have both light and dark simultaneously yeah and i if you want to go full bible on it then the snake basically says hey if you eat this apple, you'll know the difference between good and evil. It's like, yeah, I'll we put sh- ourselves right in the middle, right? I'll show you the light by waking you up to the things you don't know. You you're good in darkness. Let me show you what it's really like. And so the snakes, you know, tricks Eve and, and then they both trick Adam. And then all of a sudden, poof, you know, the, everything floods and the whole thing opens up. And they all blame each other. And they all blame each other. And <laughs> then they get banished from the garden and then they have to, you know, they have to toil pain of birth and, you know, get their ankles bit. That's like, that's the deal. So we are the friction point potentially. If yeah. we're talking about evil, they, that would point to us as being uh, the, the, the ultimate like middle ground. We're the battlefield. And if we're the battlefield, then people can't ignore, like, if you bring up the word evil, like hypothetically, if this was all the case, people can't ignore that we literally are the battlefield and that our choice does matter. If yeah. we go one direction, it changes everything. We go the other direction, it changes everything. Right. So the people, when you use the term evil, when the people are reacting to you, they don't want to be the friction point. They want to be on the sideline. They not, want to just watch the battle. They, they don't want, want to participate. Right. They're the fans in the Coliseum watching people tear each other to pieces. They're just like, oh, that sucks to be them. Doers and critics all over again. Right. Which is kind of how we got to this point anyway. Yeah, that's so weird. Dude, that's, that, it's interesting. I wish uh, that the, some of this didn't go blank while we were talking, but I think, I think the majority of it's pretty good. And so hopefully, uh, I don't know, it'd be fun to go back and listen to it at some point, but. You might have to more than you want to, because you're going to have to probably see if you can chunk it together, but okay. You know, I'm probably just going to cut it and send it out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because okay. I mean, there was nothing like, I, you know, at the end, I think we recapped okay and you know it's yeah it's just an internet flow right like what can we do yeah all right well my bad 
Oh, it's it is what it is. People will either they'll either get over it or they won't. The content here is is worth them listening to. So, I think it was good, good random conversation, and I like it. I think it was good. So cool. All right. All right. Well, folks, thanks for joining us. Uh, we we always appreciate you. Please like, subscribe, do all those fancy things that you do, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, and follow. You can go to guidosbros.com. That's G-U-I-D-O-S-B-R-O-S.com for additional content. <laughs>